0: And let's pretend that there's really great music playing, and eventually we'll figure out how to do that. But in the meantime, welcome to The Feminine Critique with me, Emily, and... And me, Christine. uh, We (laughs) are two people who really like movies, and like talking about movies, and like podcasts, (laughs) and like listening to podcasts about movies.
1: And Uh, like each other a lot, too. And like each other
0: a lot. (laughs) And because uh, my co-hostess, Christine, had the nerve to move thousands of miles away from me... Mm-hmm. To a land where, you know.
1: People wear cowboy boots?
0: People wear cowboy boots and. With skirts? Do, are, oh, well, well, wait. Are you not allowed to do that?
1: Well, you can do that, I guess. But I don't see it very often in New York. <laughs>
0: Well, I guess it depends on the skirt. Like, cause it could be a trendy hipster look, but you're talking a fringe skirt, fringe jacket, and
1: hat. <laughs> not so much with the fringe. But
0: <laughs> the fringe isn't big
1: down there.
0: <laughs> not really. What kind of land is Texas? Why well, are they feeding the world the wrong impression of them? No,
1: no, 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 no. You have to understand. We're a little, a little um, blue sea in a giant red state.
0: Because uh, um, uh, you're from the hip. Now you're living in the hipster city of Texas.
1: We're we're living in Austin. The um, Yeah, everyone's oasis in the land of big 10-gallon hats.
0: There was a report, and I don't know where this came from or any details of it, but it had a list of the most hipster cities. And Williamsburg came in third. What? Williamsburg, Brooklyn, which is as far as I knew the hipster mecca of the United States. Yeah,
1: I can I couldn't Kansas. go there without want punch somebody in the what
0: face. What could possibly beat it? The only things that come into my mind could be maybe Portland and maybe Austin just because I don't know. What what else? What else is there?
1: I don't know. I, I just thought it was Williamsburg as and kind of and kind of green point, but I guess you You can't
0: ride that. the subway without sitting next to somebody who is wearing jeans so tight that every part of them is bursting out of it. Whoever perhaps Williamsburg. It's an, perhaps an ironic top. Oh, God, the irony just seeps into you and it, it stings, I tell you. Um, but anyway, we like movies. We have a little bit of pedigree. Christine, you have like an actual uh, bragging right thing to say you were in charge of, do you not? Oh,
1: well, I, I don't, I guess that's a thing that I can say. Um, I am editor of Paris Cinema Magazine. I like how I enunciated can you that. Are
0: editor in chief?
1: Um, I guess I'm editor in chief. I don't know. Well, there's really just two, there's just two of us, so I'm everything well, that the yes, other person is. The isn't. other
0: person is your deputy, is he
1: not? <laughs> He is my deputy. He is uh, head of graphics. So. Which makes him your <laughs> so, deputy. So I'm everything else. But yeah, I'm, I am. I run a magazine, and I have for the last oh, a little over five years. You, and so you just put out
0: the latest issue.
1: Issue seventeen. Yes, mm-hmm. I know, right? Print um, is not dead, people. It's not dead. Di- it's it's slowly dying, but it's not dead yet. <laughs> it um, refuses to go. <laughs> no, it's hanging in there. But um, and. We also yeah, gross. It's still <laughs> on. Can you believe that? That show is still on? I can because I see things all the time for it filming in New York. I'm you like, got, it's still it's filming? It's when shocking. will it stop? When will it end? I don't um, never. Hopefully like Parasites Magazine. Year, but... <laughs> and like Emily's wonderful um podcast and her online writing outlet, which is Oh right. My my uh, online writing
0: outlet would be the Deadly com. <laughs> Which is me primarily writing about horror movies or just often bad movies, such as a whole month devoted to animals doing human stuff, uh, which was a, a chore, if you will. You can only watch so many talking dog
1: movies. I can't believe that was a chore.
0: It, you know, it wasn't at first, but because here's the thing. The bad ones are great. I can I can watch Ed, I can watch a monkey farting all day long and it's great, <laughs> but it's when the movies are kind of made okay, like Monkey Trouble.
1: With monkey Trouble is a great movie.
0: You know, Harvey Keitel, speaking like a pirate, is. But then there's parts where he's not on screen. And it's not as good. So that, you know, that wears down on you a little bit. Well, you're the
1: expert, so I'll have to defer to you. You just
0: have to take my word (laughs) on it. Yeah. Um, So that is where I do movie stuff. And then for TV stuff, uh, I am half of Glee Cast, which is a podcast that primarily is about glee i know i hear everybody turning their podcast off right now but we also talk about a lot of other stuff and also often how much we kind of hate glee now so that's that
1: i respect that
0: thank you thank you i mean it's just gotten it's gotten hard it's gotten hard to still have enthusiasm for but we're managing we're managing and one day it may turn into a Game of Thrones podcast. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> oh, I look forward to that, then. We're just we're trying to figure out how we,
1: how we segue. And I, I think there'll be a way or two. Send me a memo when the transition takes, place. Yeah, or,
0: or I'm thinking maybe it should just be about Lifetime movies that starly actors. Because if that, keep, that just happened, and it was amazing. And if it keeps happening, I will be a very satisfied viewer. More Lifetime movies. That's what I have what, to say.
1: I think that's a, that's a reasonable motto. Yeah. So... So, so I feel like e- everybody knows us now. So indeed, yeah.
0: Um, I can give you my social security number and my address and um, my my. I can't give you my blood type because I don't know it.
1: No, um, we'll post it in the show notes. But so that's a good can... idea.
0: But then I have to go find out what it is. I always forget.
1: Do you know your blood type? I absolutely do not. <laughs>
0: it's. I feel like I should because what if I'm in that scenario where I am profusely bleeding for some reason and somebody happens to be standing by ready to donate but I don't know if I'm compatible um, fun fact in Korea your blood type is considered like your horoscope <laughs> like it's one of those personality trait signifiers like if you say you're a type O, that means you are outgoing or something um, weird yeah it's, it's a very strange little thing but um, I continue to not know my blood type
1: no, I've never had any idea. We'll pretend it's like... like C
0: plus. E, what, A, B what negative? Johnson Is Johnson that a thing? I have what Mark Hickson a Montgomery Burns Um <laughs> <a> so. <laughs> uh, But now, in the meantime, before we... We're going to get to our big double feature. Um, oh, should we say what we're, what we're covering? What we're doing.
1: Uh, Christine, you picked the first movie. What did you pick? Um, I picked The Conversation. Uh, from 1974, starring Gene Hackman.
0: And we decided the way we're going to run our podcast is Christine's going to pick a movie, and then I will pick something that has something to do with that movie. Hmm, a case, tenuous link. A tenuous <laughs> link. In this case, the link is pretty, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not uh, tenuous. <laughs> <Yes>. Yeah. <laughs> um, I picked a movie directed by the same director, who would be a Ooh. little man named Francis Ford Coppola, and that movie would be 1986's Peggy Sue Got Married.
1: Hmm. So we and, those. Yes, I'm very excited to talk about them. But first, what have you been watching? Uh, with
0: it being October and it no longer being Animals Doing Human Stuff Month, I have been primarily watching horror movies.
1: Good for you. I have not been. So.
0: Is, is it for a specific reason or a statement no, or
1: just I I will assert this. It is not cool or fall-like here at all. Uh, so that could be why I am not in the mood. But also it just hasn't been coming up. I just I've been watching other stuff, but well, you, not. You don't
0: are. have cable, right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Cause it's very easy right now. I mean, right I have the TV on mute right now and surviving the Surviving the Dead, did I just say that? <laughs> I, I want a movie to be called Surviving the Dead and I want it to be a mess <laughs> up of Surviving when the did, game. When did that get released? That sounds amazing. <laughs> it does, it's, you've got Gary Busey going bare hands and everything. <laughs> Um, No, I have, (laughs) AMC has been doing its marathon, so just because I've been uh, just packing and doing other things, I can have the TV on in the background, and, you know, they've had Friday the 13th marathons up the wazoo. (laughs) Um, But other things that have been on TV, I finally watched the original 13 Ghosts, which I found really enjoyable. I actually like the remake. There was a bit of a discussion on Facebook about that, Um, because the remake is, I think, a, a... better film than that time period's theatrical horror was you are exactly right yeah it's it gets a lot of shit just because people kind of lump it into house on haunted hill and the haunting remake yeah yeah Yeah. and it's it's not at all it's actually a really uh interesting and, and just visually really good film with, with problems and with a stupid ending. Um, but I watched the, the original was on TCM a couple of weeks ago. And so I finally watched it and it's really fun. It has, um, Margaret Hamilton who happens to be in my second favorite home of all time, the wizard of Oz. Uh, mm-hmm. and it has just parental irresponsibility, which I always find amusing in movies. Like the house is haunted and there's ghosts, but the parents are still like, well, I guess we should do something about that, but they don't, which is just cute. Um, so, high, lots of fun. If you've never seen it, one should check it out. I also watched 1978's, I think, Long Weekend.
1: Hmm, why does that sound familiar? Tell me what that's about. It is a Nature Strikes Back film, kind of. Oh, that's why, yes, I do know of this film.
0: It was remade a few years ago into a movie with Jim Caviezel, a.k.a. Yes. Jesus. Yeah, um,
1: yeah, the Jesus um, nature, the
0: Jesus, film. the Jesus guy, yeah. But Long Weekend, it's interesting because it's it is Nature Strikes Back. It is animals kind of go in haywire, but it's really much more an art house film because it's basically about this awful couple who hate each other who go on a vacation and litter and do terrible things, and then Nature Strikes Back. But I, is Nature striking back, or are the people is are is their relationship so toxic that it's destroying them and blah 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 and so on? But it's a gorgeous film um just the look of it's really neat and it's very haunting and very weird you don't quite know what happened it has a kick-ass ending and it has a man getting attacked by a bird
1: oh i'm sold yeah so i think you should rent it right now give me two yeah no i've, I've been actually meaning to watch both I this and the remake yeah. have you seen the remake or no i have not
0: i decided okay. i wanted to watch the original first and i'm really glad i did just because it's a much better film because um, I love Nature Strikes Back. You, we mm-hmm. could talk about frogs all day. And maybe oh, day yes, we, we could. I hope we
1: will oh, sometime. Oh, oh, yes,
0: indeed. Um, but so this, and I knew going into this one that it was considered a, um, the smart, the thinking man's Nature Strikes Back, if you will. <laughs> and it, it it is. And it's, because it has these elements. And again, it's just gorgeous. And you kind of hate the people because they're awful to each other. But it's, it's haunting and it's eerie and it's really something different. So I highly recommend that one. I watched the fourth Resident Evil film when it was on cable one day. I watched it in the morning before going to work.
1: That is the one that is weird with a guy wearing glasses sitting on a the chair. one where Mila um, <laughs> kicks ass. Wait a second. You're Hunter describing all of them. Act. It's that one. Uh, I have seen that. That's the th- Wait, is this the 3D one? This is was the first 3D one,
0: yeah. This is the okay. one where, um, from what I understand, I had read this and then watching it, I could definitely could see this. Their 3D technology involved a lot of slow movement.
1: Mm, and therefore yes. the
0: movie is about 80% really slow motion shots. Absolutely. Um,
1: I, I did see this one and it is almost maddening. Yeah, how, it's really annoying. If you kind of, you could kind of fast forward
0: through every scene just whenever somebody's about to do something cool because doing something cool is going to take ten minutes, uh, which <laughs> makes it a really short film once you do that. Uh, but that being said, I have, I like the Resident Evil series. I think mm-hmm. the first film I will also always defend because I think it came out at a time when you weren't seeing zombies on the big screen. Correct. It did some really fun things with it visually. Yes. And then my problem with it, because I'm not a video game person, my problem with the films is that they tend to go very video game purposely. Mm-hmm. And I think the second film that's really obvious, because you have this kind of cool abandoned city thing, but then it ends with 30 minutes of her fighting like a boss in a video it, game.
1: Exactly. The structure of it is very... And what? it almost feels disconnected when they do that, because it is like a movie, and then they, they go to that... That, that odd place where yeah. it's
0: you are just watching like a bunch of nerds making a game and then being like, yeah, now let's film it. Yeah. But at the same time, I think the movies are like they're kind of a guilty pleasure. Oh. you can always turn them on in the background and enjoy it.
1: I own the first three on Blu-ray. I'm a I'm a big I'm a big fan of that original one. Yeah. Anything um, with Michelle Rodriguez in it, I'm I'm sold.
0: I, I, I kind of can't stand Michelle Rodriguez. <gasps> well, here's the <sighs> thing. God. Yes. But I realized We're learning Rodriguez. so much about each other. I know. <laughs> I even watched a movie where Michelle Rodriguez did the, the, did the voice of a cat. The movie was called Cats. The movie. Um, it's <laughs> so I, original. I could go on about this movie, but I won't. But even in that movie, Michelle Rodriguez's character is in every single movie she's ever in. The the basic thing of her character is to, aside from obviously being like angry and like you know uh, punchy awesome. face all the time, yep. it's also to fuck things up. So,
1: oh yeah, she's in, she fucks things up. Well, yeah, even if you she look lost, at she look at up. when she was in Lost, exactly. Oh, of she, she she just fucked everything. Movie, up. She plays
0: a cat who basically lures the cat out of the house and then he gets lost.
1: But you know, and so I, don't you think that's saying more about our gender than anything else than Michelle Rodriguez? Right, that because the, because the, the, the assertive female character is the one that's going to ruin picture. everything. Yeah. yeah, fair
0: enough. But on to uh, that's the thing I
1: will always give
0: credit also to the Resident Evil films is that they do very blatantly have a strong female character. And then they always try to have more than one. Like, really, every movie had multiple female kick-ass women. Although, the problem I have, too, I... Okay, I get Allie Larder is a very pretty girl. I understand she once wore a whipped cream bikini. But how hard is it to act? Is it that hard? Because she makes it look really hard. No, I think she might have a hard time with it. it. It's like I think she has something wrong with her that keeps her from acting like an inability to act could yes, that be it? yes and i think like directors just kind of like i think it's maybe something where they get insurance or like they get like a a write off for casting her in movies because it's like oh well you know she's she's got that thing remember that 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 disease that means she can't act
1: emily it's i know really, that yeah, yeah, we sh- movie sh- movie. we should be being brief about this but have you seen her in obsessed with um, miss yes, Beyoncé yes, and Idris Elba? the movie pisses me the fuck off cuz that, that movie's, movie's is fantastic. fantastic
0: except she can't <laughs> act
1: I know she's doing she...
0: her best to be Rebecca de Mornay and oh. I'm sorry, honey, but you ain't no Rebecca de Mornay.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree.
0: Yeah. It's upsetting. And I like, and I don't even think she's that hot. And granted, I am not a heterosexual male, so I don't have that same viewpoint, but I could rattle off a name of a dozen other blonde actresses who are hotter than Allie Larder. I don't get it. It's got those tiny little features.
1: Oh, I think she's cute. She's I like her. Right. see, I will always be endeared to her because of her role on heroes
0: so okay I never watched it because people told me after the first season it got really bad
1: it did kind of get pretty bad but still
0: (laughs) all right I'll move on to my last two films um the the very divisive the tall
1: man I can't where did you fall on this what side
0: okay I knew going into it I I refused to learn anything about it because I didn't want anything spoiled but I knew that a lot of people were disappointed and I knew the reason was that it the the thing I kind of gathered was it's not martyrs and it's not really a horror film Mm -hmm. If you go into it knowing that you're not really going to be watching a horror film, then I came out of it really liking it. I had problems with it. I don't think it was a perfect film. Um, But I really, I was surprised by it. Um, The twists got me. But I think, um, I was a couple weeks ago I was on um, Jake McLarge's Hughes' podcast. (laughs) Podcast without honor and humanity. Is Is that how we're saying his name now? I'm really bad with figuring out where the plurals go in words. Okay. Yeah. Um, Noted. <laughs> you, will, you will hear it again. Um, but it something he brought up was that it has a problem with narration. Mm. And it really does. Um, so it, it's not a perfect film. It, it has issues. But overall, I was really surprised with Jessica Biel. I really liked her in it.
1: And Ooh, that's never... very promising. Yeah, I... I have not seen it yet. Dylan, who is this other half of Paris Cinema that you might hear... Deputy <laughs> Dylan. Deputy Dylan, that you might hear brought up again. He watched it, and I believe he enjoyed it. Okay. So...
0: Yeah, it's... I mean, it's like Martyrs. It's a well-made film. Pa- Pascal Leger really <coughs> knows how to make a film and it has a good command of visuals and sound and everything else. And it's... It has script issues, I think. It has some execution issues, but if you go into it, knowing you're not watching a horror film, I think you can find a lot to really enjoy about it. So I, I ended up feeling like, eh, B minus range. I liked it. Um, well. And the last film I'll mention was a film that I rewatched because I was curious how I would feel on second viewing. It was the movie Blindness, mm-hmm. uh, which came out a few years ago. It was directed by the guy who directed City of God and The Constant Gardener. I forget Is
1: this Is this the Julian Moore movie? Yes. Okay, speak to me about this because I have emotions about this movie and I want to know if they're the same. I'm intrigued by
0: this. Here's the thing. I read the book. I read the book first and I loved the book. I (laughs) recommend this book highly, highly, highly. If we ever did a book club, this would be one of my first picks.
1: And I would read it.
0: Fantastic read. Just really gripping, really different from anything I've ever read. Um, The the first time I watched the movie, I just didn't like it. I just felt that it just felt really flat for me. Watching it again uh, a few days ago, I think... I see what they tried to do. I think they. The problem is this is a story about the entire this fictional country where everybody's going blind. Yes. So visually, how to how do you convey that on screen? And he tries to do different visual things. That's kind of playing with your. You know, he does some like wacky focus shots and things that are trying to make you see blindness, but you don't, you're really just watching people stumble around for two hours.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, as a result, when you're watching it, it's just a miserable, unhappy movie.
1: What year was, do you remember off the top of your head what year this was? So Ooh, I don't have it was to type away three years
0: ago. It, it was a fairly recent film. It was Okay. If anybody
1: hears Arthur. me clacking, that's what I'm looking at. I'm not going on Tumblr. Like 20, 2009 or so, 2008. You're
0: okay. very close. It's, I mean, the thing about it is, it just it feels like a mean, ugly film. I think, mm-hmm. and I respect that they brought out all the elements of the book because all those things happen in the book. There's a really awful rape orgy scene. Not not rape orgy. It <laughs> wouldn't technically be an orgy. It would be what a like a, a man- gang raping. I guess maybe that. <laughs> um, you know, one of those rape orgies. Guys yeah. have. I gotta go, on, to go to one Saturday actually. Um, it's so it's. They don't shy away from some of the harsher things in the book, but when they translate it to screen, it just feels ugly and uncomfortable, and I can't imagine anybody who didn't read the book enjoying this film, which, and the other thing, too, and the script is actually by Don McKellar, who made one of my favorite films of all time last night. And I feel, again, like, they tried to keep, like, this international element that I really respect about the film. Like, you have every race in this film, and it's not really acknowledged, and that's kind of interesting. But the problem is, like, the book doesn't have character names. It's just, you know, it's the doctor and the doctor's Mm -hmm. wife and the man with the glasses and the man with the glasses is dogs and so on. But in a movie that doesn't really work, like, you literally have a scene where these people come in and, and somebody says, introduce yourselves, and they're like... Uh, number one, I'm a pharmacist. Uh, number two, I'm his assistant. Uh, three, I'm a, a dog walker. And so on. And it, it doesn't work on screen because there's so many moments where somebody's yelling to someone, but they're not yelling their names. Mm, like, that's... hey, hey, man <laughs> playing my husband who I can't say because the movie decided not to have character names either. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, I just don't think they nailed the right adaptation for this very unusual book. That would have been very hard to adapt and clearly it was, so. What did, now, what
1: are your thoughts on it? I, I probably saw it, I didn't see it in the theater, I probably saw it right when it came out on DVD, and I, I loved it. Okay. And then I said that I loved it, and a bunch of people were like, are you crazy? Oh, it's too. terrible. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second, I really liked that.
0: So what, <laughs> but what uh, did you like
1: about it? I just thought it was um, very emotionally engaging. Yeah. I, like, really got involved in the characters, and I love Julianne Moore, I think she's fantastic. She's and great I, in it, too. I, I would like to see it again. Because I am very fuzzy on the actual plot, I just know emotionally how I left feeling, and I left, I left very satisfied by by a not great experience with. Like it wasn't. Great. It's not a pleasant it, movie. It's
0: really unpleasant movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but I liked it a lot. I was surprised how much I liked it. But I, I'd like to actually give that another look. I it's not it's not on Instant watch, watch or anything, is it?
0: No, it happened to be on AMC actually when mm. I recorded it. Uh, have to I highly recommend a the book too. You should read it.
1: I would like to read it. Yeah.
0: He also wrote a sequel to it.
1: Did you read that?
0: I did. The sequel is called Seeing.
1: Oh, oh well, that's
0: um And in the sequel, it's about um, the... It, for those who don't know, because kind of, we haven't given a plot breakdown of this movie, but the movie basically, this entire country goes blind. There's an epidemic and just
1: everybody. blind. Hence the title, blindness. Yeah. Um,
0: the sequel is the same country where every one year there's an election and nobody votes. And it's kind of about that. So it's it's not nearly as gripping just because the subject matter is very different, but mm-hmm. it's an interesting follow up.
1: All oh, right. Well, I'm gonna have to add it, the actual book to my queue, and i get that in here. Indeed, you should. So Oops. now, what have you been watching? See, this is I, this is like cheating because we don't have like a what have you watched since the last time That's we That's True. Saw? You could I you just could just basically be like you went to see in the
0: theaters in 1987.
1: I'd be like, you know? well, recently. No, but I'm gonna try to keep it a little bit more um, recent. Mm-hmm um and interesting i recently i believe it might have been last week um saw the david fincher girl with the dragon tattoo
0: oh okay i have not seen either of them yet what did you
1: think i did not like it interesting i am very split on fincher i was just talking Mm. to somebody about this i cannot recall who and zodiac is fabulous Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody can argue that. But not. then I feel like after that, there are just so many things I'm like, well, this wasn't really as good as everyone said it is. But um, I I liked, I was okay with it. I got through it, but there were just a And I haven't read the book. I've okay. seen the original, but I have not read the book. And there was just, it fell flat in a lot of areas that I felt like the original one didn't. Okay. And um, I, yeah. So I didn't love that, and I was a little bit disappointed. I haven't seen it yet, and I don't think I ever can, because I hate Rooney Mara so much. I'm not a huge Rooney Mara. I didn't realize I wasn't until it happened, oh. and I was like, oh, wow, I'm really not a fan.
0: I've I've hated her. I didn't like her in the Nightmare Remake, and I defend the Nightmare Remake, so that says a lot. And so I didn't like her from this. I always thought she was kind of like, ah, she was kind of shitty in that movie. But then I read an interview with her where she just insults the insults the remake, She's like, yeah, I can't believe I got that role. I really didn't want that part because I knew the movie wouldn't be good. You little cunt. Like, be a little yeah. grateful for getting the lead role in a film. Uh. Um, and she bitch-talked Lauren her SVU.
1: Oh, well, there she, you go. Like, she's, she's totally she on your shit list forever. An
0: episode then. of SVU where she plays a girl who gets sodomized with a baseball bat because she makes fun of the fat kids. Mm, I think um, I've seen that. It's great. And then it ends with, like, you find out she used to be a fat kid and that's why she hates fat people. Yeah, and right. like she gave this interview. She's like, "Yeah, I was on this really stupid episode where the character hated fat people. How stupid is that?" And so like a little bitch keeps biting the hand that feeds her and I don't care for that.
1: Well, we know where you stand on that now. Oh, it, isn't she like from like a family that yeah, she well, cause Yeah, her
0: sister also. Her sister is Keira yeah. who who yeah. also acts. And I think, yeah, I think their parents also do stuff. Their
1: parents are something, right? I, I don't know. I don't. Rooney
0: Mara is just sleeping with David Fincher, but that's
1: well, you know, who, know? who can say? Who really, can say if she wants to come on and dispel that rumor. Got a really
0: dark side of me. I never realized.
1: <laughs> I know you're very angry about it. Know,
0: I'm not really that like this mean about talking about someone, but I get really mean about Rooney Mara.
1: Well, I'll remember to avoid her from now on. Yeah. I shouldn't have I shouldn't have led with
0: that. Or if, like, I ever get, like, the Hulk disease or something where I get really strong, but only if I'm really angry.
1: Like, we all no think one about
0: Rooney Mara. Just start talking to me about Rooney Mara, and I will Hulk out, apparently.
1: <laughs> um, I'm trying to, like, cherry pick things. I also, I don't really want to talk about it, but I also watched Battleship, which wasn't good and I shouldn't have watched. I, and I know. wait I, to see it. I know I know you I'm won't so excited like it to watch yeah, I'm sorry it was just so it ha- yeah.
0: it, is it fun though <laughs> is it like so dumb that it's fun
1: no I didn't okay did you like real steel I haven't seen real steel okay a lot of people were like that movie's so dumb that it's crazy fun and I watched it and it made me violently angry and this one was kind of the same um but I uh, whatever I, I shouldn't have watched it I didn't really like it that I much be but watching battleship if like, people yeah. have fun with battleship good for them but okay. And there were a few times I forgot it was based on a game. And I was like, wait a second, this is just like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's because it's the point. Um, I also did some rewatching of Scott Pilgrim and X Men First Class, my annual Movies I Love rewatch. And that was fun. (laughs) I recommend.
0: I I recommend one of those films. Which one? I really liked X-Men First Class. Oh,
1: my God. Isn't it so good? It I is love it. really good.
0: Like, it's... I mean, one of those films that is so much better than it had any right to be.
1: Yeah. Um, it's, Scott, and
0: I think it holds up still, too. I've only seen it one time, and I really enjoyed it. Scott Pilgrim, I... I, I appreciate so much of it. I just hated Scott Pilgrim so much.
1: Well, you're not supposed to like Scott.
0: But he... <laughs> it's, it's easy to say that, but not when I have to watch him for 90 minutes.
1: But... You know, oh, I see. I know. I understand. There's that, like people fall on either side. I was charmed by the entire movie. I love Scott. I love the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's infinitely quotable. It's one of my. Fa- it was probably one of my favorite movies of 2010, mm-hmm. if not if not my favorite. I just think it's just the best. And the cast is great. And um, Kieran Culkin is so funny. And it's, he's reason enough to rewatch it because his lines are expertly delivered. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, I know you don't I know it's a taste sense. thing. It's just It I, is a taste it's thing. One it's one of total. those
0: movies where the character irked me so much that it affected my enjoyment of the movie.
1: And you have only seen it once, correct? I have, yes. Maybe I'll if rewatch it and sometimes. If you're ever feeling crazy, maybe I'll make you rewatch it.
0: You you could do that. You could. And then I uh, will match <laughs> it up with another Kieran Culkin film for you. Yes. Let's <laughs> doub- go easy on the Pepsi.
1: That's a double feature I'm into. I love that kid. Um, we 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 went and saw um, Scott Pilgrim screening in New York for the Blu-ray for the Blu-ray release that Edgar Wright was actually he actually hosted. That's pretty cool. And um, Karen Culkin just showed up. It was amazing. And so did Bill Hader because he did. Is it Bill Hader? Maybe I'm making shit up. But I'm pretty sure it's Bill Hader because he did a lot of the voiceover stuff or something for that. I feel like I'm lying through my teeth right now because I have nothing to base this on. But I feel like all of these things I just said happened. But that was a lot of fun.
0: <laughs> and I also can fly.
1: <laughs> yes, it happened, I swear. There's footage. Um, I also saw Seven Psychopaths. which Oh, oh my goodness, I'm so excited. What do you think? I I would say right at this moment it is my favorite movie of 2012.
0: That is so exciting.
1: I loved it. Oh.
0: I I, it, I may actually I never I haven't been to the movie theater since like oh, a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I may actually make an exception to go see that.
1: You should. It's it's really good. Like it was one of those movies, the second it ended, I was like, I need to see this again. Mm-hmm. It was it was that good. And I, I it got me a little choked up. Mm-hmm. Um I'm not usually a Colin Farrell person.
0: But with, and, with Martin McDonough, he's great.
1: I know, I know. Yeah. And I should have known going in that I was gonna be so charmed by him again, but it, it was, it was awesome. Definitely worth the admission price.
0: I, I'm excited. Cause I've, cause I've liked Martin McDonough since his playwriting days. Mm. He, he was in I used to read his plays and um, they're outstanding. And if you ever think, Oh, a play wouldn't scare me read the pillow man, which is the one that he got. That pretty sounds scary. For. It is terrifying. It is a terrifying piece of theater. Um, and it's, like oh god it's so good and so and then it was so great to see him do in bruges and to see him work really well as a filmmaker so i'm really excited for seven psychopaths i'm excited to see him keep going
1: well see it and let me know what you think because i, will. I, will. Yeah. I think it's fabulous and i think everyone should go see it awesome. and um that, that's it i mean there's other boring stuff but those are the Things most noteworthy.
0: Okay, keep track of what you watch from this date forward. I know, I know, I can't go
1: back and be like, well, I I watched um, X Men First Dead. Class, unless I watch <laughs> X Men First Class again, and then I'll have to talk about it again. Stranger <laughs> or, hey, things have happened. Assign it as the movie, and then I'm out. So. <laughs>
0: Um okay the the last thing we do before we get into the films was going to be our um bi- we're thinking we're doing this every 2 weeks we, we'll we'll see well you know yeah
1: but that's, that's kind a
0: of ten- tentatively yeah and in every 2 weeks i think some um rage builds clearly you know <laughs> all
1: really right
0: really <laughs> um but we decided we will uh, always end our first segment with something a bit of a coffee talk rant something that made us angry for for uh, for the week mm-hmm. mine is going to be um now, you don't have cable, so you don't have to deal with this as much. Correct. Uh, I have cable. I would only have cable if I could have DVR, because I hate commercials. I hate dealing with them. Um, so therefore, almost all TV I watch, I DVR. And I'm usually really careful about DVRing my things so that it's DVRing, like, five minutes later, because movies, some, TV shows kind of sometimes lap into the next hour, and they just cut off. Mm-hmm. And I do that. And I did that this week. And still, I missed the last, like, four minutes of Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> There was a revelation, which I didn't know until I so, read a recap about it. So you,
1: you missed something important, is I what you're saying. very
0: important. Not just scenes for next week in the credits. No, I missed plot stuff. Joe McHale had a cameo in the episode. Didn't see that. Hmm. Yeah, didn't see it. Because DVR and... Because cable TV can't... Your DVR can't automatically detect how long a show is if it's running eight minutes overtime, like Sons of, Sons of Anarchy does. Which... Look, Carl Sutter, you're, you're a great showrunner, but why do you get this special thing where you can have your TV show run eight minutes later?
1: I am not him, so I cannot answer.
0: Well, you're not the head of FX either who can tell me why. Well,
1: I, I am actually. No. Well, then
0: we need to talk.
1: Yeah, I don't know anything about this because I haven't had cable for like seven years and I ha- we haven't had like even network television now since... You're, you're
0: all the better for it. If I wasn't a April. baseball fan, I would seriously consider not having cable. But come, you know, for what, six months of the or five months of the year, however long baseball season is... You need to have it, I know. You need to have it, yeah. So it's, you know, I, I deal and pay an extra whatever <laughs> amount of money a month for it. And then I can't even watch everything because then you have all of a sudden all my shows air at the same time. So then I have to watch one on demand and still watch commercials. It is hard being me, Christine.
1: It sounds terrible. It's I don't really know how hard. you do it. I don't know. I don't <laughs> know how I do it with a lot of seltzer. That's how. Me too, though. <laughs> so, uh, I wish I could in, in, involve myself more in this, this rant, but... Um, okay,
0: you're probably better off for not being able to.
1: Sometimes I try to watch things on Hulu and my laptop's really slow and it skips a lot. That's really upsetting. Yeah, that's my. There you go, my rant. Woo! Yay, anger.
0: <laughs> um. So now, perhaps eventually, we will. I will say we'll be right
1: back, and then music mm-hmm. will play and stuff. But until I figure out how to, edit. I, and maybe I can get a snack or something. Or you can get a snack, for no-
0: Or you can. For now, instead, you're just gonna have to hold it in because I don't know how to edit. So that's instead, cool. we're just gonna move into the first film.
1: The first film being 1974's The Conversation.
0: Now, Christine, you—you <laughs> you, this was your pick.
1: Yes, this was my pick. We decided
0: to do this round first because both of these films are an instant watch. So it was a very easy decision to say, let's start, you know, our first episode will be the instant watch episode. But tell Mm -hmm. me, why did you pick this film?
1: I picked this film because um, many moons ago, I think someone who is our mutual friend, Brian, a.k.a. Rupert Popkin, Um, on Twitter and also on The Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema occasionally. He is a very big fan of this film, and I think this was actually his profile picture on Twitter, like a poster for it.
0: For a while, I thought he just happened to look a lot like Gene Hackman. (laughs) Because my mom's cousin looks like Gene Hackman. So briefly, I thought, wait, maybe Brian is actually related to me.
1: But no, it was actually Gene Hackman. It turned and, out. and I don't know, I guess I just saw the cover for it, and it was like, I've seen this before. And then I know Brian liked it, so I, I decided to watch it. I hadn't ever really heard anybody talk about it or anything about it. And this is probably about three years ago. So I, um, I watched it, and I fell madly in love with it, and it became my goal to talk to as many people as possible and convert people. Mm. Um, recently actually and by recently I mean this this issue of Paracinema 17 there is an article in it about the conversation Excellent. so I rewatched it and read it multiple times as I want to do Mm -hmm. and fell even more in love with it and decided that I needed to talk to you about it excellent
0: Um, I think yeah the first thing that makes me think it's interesting to me about it being in Paracinema is it is kind of a very odd genre film Yes. Because classifying, it's hard. I hate the term thriller because I feel like thriller, because mostly because people try to say Silence of the Lambs is a thriller. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they say that because it's a dirty word to call it a horror film. Because a horror movie can't win Oscars. So if you call that movie a horror film, then it is just changing everything. Yes. When to me, I'm sorry. If you have a man filleted in front of you, really, that's not a horror film. Um, But then I look at this film and I'm like, this like what would i classify it as it's kind of a mystery it's kind of a drama it's kind of a thriller i guess i i'd say it's equal
1: parts all three it really is
0: definitely um so i'll give a so we decided the uh non-picker would give a a brief synopsis Mm -hmm. um so gene hackman plays harry call or henry call harry right hold on he's harry call yeah, it's Harry. He is a surveillance expert, uh, very well regarded in, in his field. He is now based in San Francisco. Used to be based on the East Coast until something he was involved in, I guess, doing some surveillance that led to a couple of people dying. So he's in San Francisco now, and the movie starts off with him very artfully recording a conversation between a young couple. And they say, they, in their conversation, there's a couple of clues that something really bad could happen to them. Mm-hmm. and he his job is to give this recording to the man who hired him for it, played in a little bit of a surprise cameo by uh, Robert Duvall, and once, as he's about to do this, throughout this, he keeps listening to it and playing it over in his head and trying to figure out what's going to happen and what does this mean and starts to have a lot of guilt and feelings of responsibility about this and debating what what is his responsibility in protecting these people or not protecting them, and that's kind of what I would say this movie is about. It's, yes. Uh, it's, it's almost a one-man show in a lot of ways. This Gene Hackman, I think, much like the, the next film we'll talk about, too, is almost on screen for every scene, I think. Yeah. Just about. this. I mean, everything is seen through his point of view. And it's very much a character study. It, he is a very... Um, He's a loner, I guess is one way to say it. Absolutely. He lives, he gets very angry when um, he comes home from his, you know, he has nine locks on his door and inside his apartment is a nice, uh, nice little bottle of liquor given to him from his landlord, which means that somehow his landlord was able to get into his apartment, which for him immediately means he's got to change things. Um, he's a Catholic, so he's got Catholic guilt, and he really likes jazz.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was, cool. that was very jazzy. Plays
0: ten sacks. Hmm. So I oh. now this film was a successful film to say the least. <laughs> uh, nominated for best picture.
1: I like how you said
0: that.
1: <laughs> well, it I was, was successful it's to so- say the oh. least.
0: Um, best pic- nominated for best picture, best sound, and best screenplay. Oh, I didn't know the um, it screenplay did, well, thing. Did not win the uh, Oscar for best picture, but I don't think that upset Francis Ford Coppola because you know it did
1: win. <laughs> what did win that year, Emily? What won
0: that year was The Godfather Part Two.
1: Ah, he must have been pissed. I mean, <laughs>
0: right? So uh, FFC, as I like to call him, had a pretty good 1974.
1: Yeah, good for him, man. And I prefer this to um, what you call it? Godfather. Yeah. I mean, it's just such a very different film. I know. I'm I'm weird. And you you called this very aptly a character study, mm-hmm. and I am a sucker for a character study, anything like that, I'm immediately, I'm like, yes, sold, give me, give me all of it. And so we, I think, I think that's why I'm so taken with this movie.
0: It's also, it's a great character. Yes. Just because he is this, on one hand, you know, stereotypical, lonely single man in his 40s who, you know, closes him off, from himself off from really connection with other people. But I think because he is very Catholic, he has this, nagging sense of guilt and duty and how that kind of propels him is really interesting to watch and to see him make these decisions that he doesn't really want to make.
1: Mm -hmm. So I will, I will ask you this. I will say right now that I think everything about this movie is perfect, but I know that a lot of people don't feel that way. I have heard things about the pacing. I have heard things about, um, it lagging in certain spots mm-hmm. and did you find that to be true
0: a little bit it's I mean oh. in plain honesty it is not necessarily my type of film it's not a film that I would eagerly sit down to watch mm-hmm. just because I'm how do I say it uh have been, sometimes a short attention span it's <laughs> not it's definitely not pacey
1: like it's not like boom, 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 you know.
0: Oh, right. It, I mean, this is, it, the term gets overused, but it really is appropriate here. It is a slow burn film. Oh, absolutely. Because, I mean, the, the last 10 minutes are outstanding. The yeah. way everything about Wait, we
1: shouldn't talk about the last 10 minutes, should, should
0: we? we talk in a spoilered way or not?
1: I don't even know. The last 10 minutes gives me chills. It makes me
0: I, sick. I think we, we can say it without <laughs> spoilering. Let's, for now, we're going to not spoil
1: yeah, and, Don't because
0: spoiler, we will, spoil,
1: we will spoil. I know a lot of people have seen this, but I am surprised.
0: Oh yeah, if you that, haven't. I mean I never yeah. had, because this never this doesn't show up on lists generally. Just, I, and maybe it's because Francis Ford Coppola, his big films are, are, are this isn't the film you go to when you think of him, mm-hmm. Although supposedly, in like some of the trivia I saw, he says this is his favorite film. I've Gene read that. calls yeah. it his favorite film. And you can see why on both counts, this is an incredibly well-made, precise film. And so if I say it's slow, well, yeah, it's slow because of the nature of the film. It's, you know, it, it's not a big shoot-em-up. It's not The Godfather. It's this small story about this man who's, you know, this kind of dull, kind of a boring guy who happens to, because of his talents and his job, have a connection into a much more interesting world that because he decides to follow through with it, leads mm-hmm. to something very big yes Uh, I won't say what it is but the last like 10 minutes or so what really got me was the sound and I could see why this was nominated for best sound is all of a sudden when he is kind of doing his last big thing the movie is virtually silent except for all the noise that you would hear there's no music because the this music movie relies a lot on sound it has a very
1: interesting soundtrack well the the movie I mean it would it kind of would have to because exactly. of the nature of the story like yep. it is basically all what you hear mm-hmm. so. right. and
0: what it what you interpret it to mean <laughs> yes. and you know every the cadence of the sounds and how the emphasis somebody might put on a word what that could mean so so yeah the every bit of the soundtrack kind of feeds into that and plays into that and also, because you know, because he also, you know, his release is to play the saxophone, so you have this kind of seeping in. Mm-hmm. So you notice the soundtrack throughout, I think, and in a good way. Like, it does it's not calling attention to itself, but if you're watching and listening, you're going to kind of pick up on some really interesting things from an audio standpoint. But then you get to this where he has to kind of, you know, set up some things, and it's, like, pitch silent. You hear nothing but clicking and some like you hear kind of noise outside, you hear traffic, but it's so quiet. And so then you get this and all of a sudden you get bam sound and I jumped and I really don't jump in movies and I was like ah when that happened. And it just completely was just what what am I what what mo- what did this movie become?
1: Yes. Yeah absolutely i feel like for me there's that that feeling too at, at a certain point i'm not sure if it's the same point as you but it's definitely at the back end it was really like wait what am i watching now it didn't feel like it did you know an hour ago more yeah. you know
0: yeah it is very much a you know a mystery and you're just you're listening to all the convers the whole the conversations if you will. <laughs> <laughs> but you're you know you're not expecting necessarily a climax i guess and yeah. you get one and it's uh, j- the effect it has I-, I would love to see this movie in a theater for the first time with other people mm-hmm. just to have that feeling where everybody at the same time just reacts to that moment
1: yeah it's it's definitely I I describe it as haunting like I find the climax of this film very haunting and troubling and it, it stuck with me for a very long time the first time especially I saw it especially
0: the um Uh, What's the back when I took like writing classes? I used to know the words for it. You have the the climax and then you have the descent, descending action. Was that it? That sounds good. The everything that comes after, and this film leaves you on such a even after the big thing happens, you're left in such a tense, uncomfortable place. Where I loved the ending of this film, and that Mm -hmm. final scene was just perfect with everything you'd seen before it.
1: I think, yes. Yeah. Um
0: some other things of interest setting in this movie. You have um a young Terry Gar.
1: Yes. With an a, adorable young Terry Gar.
0: Adorable young Terry Gar with a terrible haircut.
1: Yeah, but she's, it's okay. She's
0: got like she used her mom's <laughs> curlers and curled her hair and then went to sleep on it and woke up and it's all She was getting cute. she was
1: getting pretty for the movie. <laughs> she was and she's got like white, like knee high socks that like you'd wear to play softball. Yeah, it's adorable. She's adorable. She's but adorable. I like you've stated, it really is hackman's movie so she's in it for like like a hot minute right. she's but basically everybody is yeah there's they're just in and out and it's really just he is the planet in which everyone orbits yep. you've got um what's his name john i
0: never know how to say his name john kazale
1: kazale i think Cazale? that's right that's so how i say it.
0: is probably on record for having the best uh batting average for cinema
1: appearances he, I, mean,
0: I he, thought you meant, like, a literal
1: batting average. I'm like, what's yeah. he in <laughs> what? People
0: didn't know it, but... <laughs> no, Fun I mean, fact. He, what was he in? He was in this, Deer Hunter, Godfather, yeah. and Dog Day Afternoon, and then died. Ugh,
1: Dog Day and Afternoon. Basically, yes. he had this
0: run of being in some of the, you know, consider, all, some of those are considered the greatest films of all time, and then he died. Mm-hmm. And was also um, uh, engaged to, I believe, Meryl Streep during... Oh,
1: trilogy. I did not know that.
0: Yeah, can you imagine if they had a kid? Oh um, no. How good an actor that could win <laughs> versus Mimi Emily Owens Gummer, who's probably alright. <laughs> Wait, side note, side note, because I just discovered this and this blew my mind. Do you know that, um, oh God, Isabella Johnny and Daniel Day Lewis have a son? No. Did you know this? No. Like, how old? Um, Probably. He was probably born in the late 80s, I guess, probably okay. when they were together. So, I mean, probably a couple years younger than us. Um, but why isn't this kid acting? Because well, can maybe, you imagine what a good actor that kid must be? Maybe he doesn't want to. But like, you're. You, your parents, they call, everybody can't
1: be Colin Hanks. This,
0: you know, <laughs> you, you made a good point. You made a good point. Like, you take the DNA of two of like, cinema, like cinema's greatest actors and put mm-hmm. it together, and he's got to be gorgeous, right? Because they're both gorgeous people. What is this
1: person's name? I, I can don't go. Know.
0: Let's stalk him. Typey type. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know how old he is, what his thing, but the kid needs to act just because, I mean, come on.
1: I'll send him a message on on MySpace and tell him to get get with it.
0: Yes, yes, you should. I will IM chat him and and see if my (laughs) AOL instant messenger connection can find him. Yeah. Um, Let's see what else. We have... um, talked about the score. Oh, there was one of the man with a hearing aid. A
1: very young Harrison Ford, my friend. very young Harrison
0: Ford. <coughs> he was a fox. I
1: mean... I know. He's still kind of crazy. ridiculous. Now
0: he just looks grumpy, but he was obviously foxy as, you know, in his late 30s when he was doing indie and everything. But mm-hmm. he was a, a sharp-looking young man. Absolutely. Uh, and you have Jim Gordon. The man who... <laughs> Uh, the, the man with the hearing aid, one of Gene Hackman's, um, employees, I guess, who goes around helping him record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did it not yep. look like the spitting image of Gary Oldman playing Jim Gordon in the Batman films? <sighs> uh, it's it's not much. sticking out to me like he that. He had gray hair, he had the glasses, he just looked exactly like, I'm like, wait a minute, is that Gary Oldman as Jim Gordon in The Conversation from 30 years <laughs> yeah, back ago? back oh, no, in that would be silly, but it looked like time-traveled. Yes, yes, he did. Um, and that really threw me off. There is a kind of fun little um, uh, aside where Gene Hackman goes to uh, a trade show for surveillance experts.
1: Mm, I awesome. guess it's
0: like Horror Hound for surveillance experts.
1: <laughs> I mean, they, they What watch, do you mean? Because then they get bombed and like try to bone girls? They get bombed. I guess they <laughs> had a hooker there.
0: I mean it no, well, was she? She wasn't a hooker, was she? I couldn't tell. It seemed at first no. no,
1: but then you know what? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this, and as as a little aside, this is the third time I have seen this when okay. I watched it for the show. It there are things that you I, personally, maybe I'm just dense, but there are things I didn't pick up on okay. until the second and third time. And one that scene after said trade show where they all go back to like his uh-huh. I don't know, office. Damn, I don't know what it yeah. is. his big room. <laughs> his gigantic room you can ride a bike in, when they all go back to his room, um, that woman steals the tape. Oh, really? Spoiler alert. Sorry, guys. But I didn't realize that even happened. Right. The first time I watched it, clearly I'm a moron, but I didn't even see that happen. part, I would say, I think it's, you know, you were asking me if I found it slow.
0: I think at that point, it gets a little slow. Mm. Because we go from kind of having, seeing him toil with this mystery to the, go, you know, go to the convention and then they're all drinking and they're talking. And this is when some things come out. This is when we learn a little more about the accident and you know, how, or not the accident, but kind of what um, mm-hmm. Henry, Harry was involved in. But at the same time, it's a lot of talking. It and is when he's talking with the blonde who's not Terry Gar, who might be a prostitute, who might not. Because I, 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 really,
1: I thought Terry Gar was a prostitute
0: at first when she came in.
1: Um, that, oh yeah, they had a strange arrangement because he was paying her rent and stuff. So right, right. there was definitely something a little bit he needed. In in the article that 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 um, we just recently published, there is a lot of talk about how he needs to be in control, and that was one of the ways that he could sense. ensure because she was younger than him, she, mm-hmm. he paid her rent, so that right. he could control her.
0: It so. makes perfect sense when you think about even the scene with his landlord. It's just as soon yes. as he feels. And again, we're not spoiling it, but it makes the ending that much more effective when yes. you really think of all those things. But yeah, so I think I found that the conversation he has with her and just he's kind of going off, I did kind of lose focus there. I won't lie. Strangely enough, though, upon rewatch, I found that very captivating. That I, can, I can see that working. And I think and when I eventually rewatch it, I will definitely be more keen to paying attention to that
1: and i just think it's because everything because okay so the whole crux of this mystery is the surveillance footage he took mm-hmm. so when you're first watching this the sound and the in and the, and the pictures and you want you're like really wrapped up in him figuring out what they're saying and then once he figures out what they're saying what he's going to do with that information so then when you pause and go do something else you're like would you just shut up and go back to that footage and what right. you're, that, that tape and what you're going to do but when you kind of already know the deal it's it's not it's not weighing on you so much like when you watch it again and you know how it's all going to play out um I can see that i think
0: that a lot of films so are like I, that where the mystery i actually say that about martyrs because the first time you watch martyrs you're so tense about where it's going next mm-hmm. that it makes it really hard to kind of take stuff in because you're just oh my god what's going to happen next and on when you watch it again, you're kind of you know where it's going, so you can kind of enjoy or not enjoy, but you're you're watching it very differently. And I can see that happening with this film, where once the and that's kind of any mystery once you know the, the you know who did it or or what what's mm-hmm. going
1: you're not chasing towards, towards yeah because yeah, you're you're, you're running towards the, the the conclusion you want it to be right. figured out so badly that everything else is inconsequential at that point
0: yeah and in this case yeah. now watching it again i can sit back and and pay attention to the character stuff and yeah you know really watch it without that like me trying to figure out what the tape means because now i know what it means yeah hmm. i can see that as being a very good rewatch indeed Um, The, I have to say, uh, whenever I see a film, in a film where there is a confession, it makes me really want, like, because I was sort of raised Catholic, not really. um, Uh (laughs) But where, like, we had, like, religious classes, but my parents weren't really Catholic, so I was like, yeah, make your sacraments, but then we don't care. But in movies, confession is so cool. Because they make it look like you can just waltz into a church any time of day, any church, whatever, and just sit down and go into a booth and sit down yeah. and be like... Hi. usually no one else is there. Yeah, and it's just like there's no line. Like, you just walk in, you go to the priest, You just and it's like you're talking about your problems. Like, you can walk in and be like, so, you know, I'm really stressed about moving, and, like, I'm having a hard time packing, and I'm just, you know, I'm just worried about these things. And I'm sure a priest doesn't really want to hear that, but I like to think, like, in movies, it makes it look like you could do that. And in real life, it's not that way. Like, no I
1: I'm pretty sure it's freed. not
0: like it. well like when I did my reconciliation quote unquote um, it was like you didn't get to go sit there and have a screen it was like you went into a room and
1: there was the priest sitting there in front of you oh well that's not cinematic at all it's
0: not and it's also like I, oh so you can see me so I tell you my secrets and you know who I am and I can see your mm. face and how you're reacting to these things I don't like that no movies make it look so much more relaxing and comforting not that way at all don't be fooled people
1: Yes, everyone, don't don't run out to confession based yeah, solely confess on the way it looks Just
0: for the um, free psychologist visit. If you think it's free therapy, it's apparently not. <laughs> um, the other thing, uh, two other little things I'd say. One is I think um, Harry Call is a Halloween costume just waiting to happen. Oh, that would be awesome. So you should easy. do it. You just need the coat. You need the glasses. You need a little mustache. I need a saxophone. You need a saxophone. You have to have one. And you have like a little earpiece and you're done. Done, people. Oh, well,
1: yeah. It, it, he is. He is. Um. Definitely. Oh, and he always has the the coat on, like the weird rain trenchy mm. coat. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely an amazing performance by Gene Hackman. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Really. It really is. And I was it, surprised he did. He
1: becomes that it. character. Like it's. Yeah. It's
0: yeah. And it's one of those. It's a very um, what's the word? Uh, it not introverted. I mean, he is introverted, but. It's one of those characters that you, there's not that much he gets to do with, like he, it's not a loud performance, mm-hmm. which makes it so much better, like that he can channel so much without, just by listening essentially. Yeah, um, and the the movie that this definitely, rem- I mean, a movie that I can tell was very much inspired by it would be The Lives of Others. Yes, we, yeah, which yes. we watched for girls on film back in the day. Which I brought this up during. That's and right, it, and, that and I hadn't seen it. Had so seen it. So I had yeah, to say. but I mean, The Lives of Others is a fantastic film, and is just so. And I think that might also be why I thought Terry Garr was a prostitute. <laughs> In that movie, you
1: just wanted somebody it? to be a prostitute. I just,
0: when, you know, when there's these very introverted men who are um, employed in surveillance, I just assume that the only sex they get is prostitution. I guess
1: they have to pay for it. Yeah, that's. I mean, maybe that is a little bit
0: um, judgmental of me, but that's what I was raised to believe. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Wow, a lot's coming out today yeah, about, about you know, your it's, it's all because I didn't get to go confess these things like in the movies. That's why.
1: You're, you're very harsh. You're very hard.
0: If I had a priest behind a screen that I could talk about how much I hated Rooney Mara about, then that's where I would be doing it.
1: <laughs> but you, I'll be your priest Instead, behind a screen. you have
0: to be my priest. Yes. I can do that. Um, so that's about everything I have to
1: say about yeah. it. I'm pretty sure I covered my feelings. Um, the more I had seen this, I view this as... A story told by an unreliable narrator mm. um there a lot of what happens i feel like is you are you what you think happens and what really happens could totally be two different things because you really are aligned with gene hackman's character the entire time yeah you and have wait, no
0: other yeah. the the yes. only thing you get are the people who know him and how they react to him. So you get Stan, the, the John Cazale character, mm. who... or Jim, Jim Cazale? John Cazale? John. R- r- John. Mr. No, Cazale. Right. The late yeah. Mr. Cazale. Who... I, like, that interaction kind of tells you a lot. Like, you have him... You know, eventually they, he stops working with him. And even when, you know, Harry says, like, come back, and he just doesn't want to. And you get the feeling that... There is something more went on. That this, is, this has always been this way. And I, I think there is... Something that is would be an, an interesting way to rewatch it. I think is to rewatch it, seeing how other characters see Harry, and yes. to see if that what clues that gives. Definitely,
1: I I definitely feel like I don't feel like any anything that happens in this is black and white. I don't the the climax, the very end. I think a lot of it, and I don't want to spoil anything, and I don't want to bring up certain plot points. But I truly believe that there's a good chance a lot of it is just in his head. Nothing has happened. Interesting. Um, as far as, like, like in the very closing, in his apartment, when he is in his apartment, in the very end, I genuinely feel like that he is... he is not going to find anything, and we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, uh, and, uh, and I, I based well, that on... about that last scene, yeah. There might not yeah, be anything there. Uh, I base that a lot on the fact that we... We are we have this audio. The whole crux of this is this audio, and where we never get to hear the audio as it is. Mm. We hear the audio only as he hears it. There is a certain way a character says something, yep, and we hear it that way because that's how that's how he, Gene Hackman hears it. And then when he doesn't hear it that way anymore, that's how we continue to hear it. yeah, so, and it's, it's never
0: pure audio. It's always it's recorded and it's manipulated yes. in such a way where he can hear it. He has to
1: isolate.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, yes, isolate the crowd and everything else. So that's so
1: really- it's always filtered through him. We never hear it originally spoken. We only hear it filtered through him. That is a so, thing
0: of it. Yeah. So that's another way to watch it. Yeah.
1: So yes, I I even if even if it's a little slow paced, I definitely think it 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 gives a lot upon rewatching.
0: I, I can see that definitely. Um, so our ratings.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, so we've decided we're going to give two ratings. We've got the quality of the film, and then we've got the. Uh, what would we say?
1: <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna say first rating, the film's overall quality. Mm-hmm. Second rating, how it improved our quality of life. Indeed,
0: because you know, uh, Christine used an excellent example, which would be how would you rate a movie like Birdemic?
1: Hmm.
0: As a movie, probably a
1: two. Yeah, two and a half, three.
0: But as opposed to how happy it made me watch. Ten.
1: It, Ten. Yeah,
0: Nine point seven five. Ten point five. Ten with the commentary. If you watch it with the uh, the actor commentary, is fascinating.
1: I, I will. I think I need to do that
0: because what you have is you have the actress who I actually think is decent in the movie. She was good. She's good. I mean, nobody will ever say it because she's in a terrible movie. But she actually does everything she can. And you have the actor who's horrible. But and you That's get cool. the sense in their commentary, she totally realized very quickly what was going on. At one point, like she did. Apparently, was also the makeup girl because the makeup girl quit. And, like, so you have all these things going on, and she's very funny about it. And then you have the guy who's just like, I'm in a movie. Mm. <laughs> it's fascinating. Um,
1: so <laughs> uh, who should go first? Um, uh, i I'll go first. Okay. I pick this movie. Um, I think it's pretty clear where my um, ratings are going to go. Quality, I give this, honestly, like an 8.5. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, know, I know that that seems a bit high, but... Um, I give it an 8.5, and I'd say my other rating, like genuinely how I feel about it, I'd give it an 8.5, maybe a 9. It is really high up there for me.
0: Yeah, I think for me
1: the quality, um, again, it's one that I think on
0: second viewing, this would would probably go up just because I think, there, like you said, there is a lot of details and specifics that I think are done really well and probably perfectly and very intelligently. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm actually going to agree with you and say 8.5 for quality. Um, And I mean, Hackman's great. Everything about the film is really strong. Uh, My enjoyment, I would probably say 8, just because it's really good in gripping. But for me, it does lose me here and there. But it makes up for it in those last 10 minutes.
1: Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Indeed. High recommend all around. Yes, definitely watch it. And it's on Instant Watch in the the U.S. if you are privy to that. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so pretend we took a break. Da da da! Music. Do, 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 do. And now I have a new snack. Maybe it's covered in chocolate.
0: Uh, I have another. I still am <laughs> working on my same can of seltzer, actually.
1: <laughs> and um, our second film—did we say? I don't even know if we did. But our second film is Peggy Sue Got Married from what is that? Eighty-six. Nineteen
0: eighty-six, which was nineteen eighty-six. A very good year, if you will.
1: I don't remember it.
0: Uh, well, I the Mets won the World Series that year.
1: I, I was four.
0: As was I. But the Mets won the World <laughs> Series, and I remember <laughs> that. So.
1: Oh wow. And also
0: Maximum Overdrive
1: came out that year. And I bet you remember being birthed too. So you're one of those.
0: <laughs> look, my birth was really memorable, okay? <laughs> um I Our... <laughs> so, so you got married. Now I picked this one.
1: Yeah, why did you pick it?
0: For a few reasons. One because I had a hard time matching up something with the conversation.
1: Mm. Uh, and then I just thought, you know, let me well, look through. Let me pause you and say you did a wonderful job because instead of picking something like what did we what is that movie called The Lives, the Lives of, of others? others is that well, you know, you're, or or the classic double feature for The Conversation would be The Conversation and Brian De Palma's Blowout, right. which is one of my favorite films of all time also. But you didn't. You went in a completely different direction. And I, and, and that's why I love you, you. I knew that you would have
0: plenty of De Palma picks for, for us <laughs> yes. eventually. Uh, as And as that happens, we'll reveal that I really haven't seen that many Brian De Palma films. I always assumed I had, but it turns which out I haven't. makes it very exciting. Yeah. So for the Coppola, I'm like, you know what? Let me look through Coppola's filmography because... Coppola is kind of a fascinating director for a lot of reasons. I mean, he's made some of the kind of films that would be considered the greatest films of all time. He's made The Godfather Trilogy. He's made um, Apocalypse Now. Uh, You know, and so, and then he's got these other random things mixed in there, which include what I think might be one of the worst films of all time, Mm worst studio films of all time, which would be 1996's Jack.
1: Is that the kangaroo movie? No, that's Kangaroo <laughs> Jack.
0: Jack, I'm now I haven't seen Kangaroo <laughs> Jack, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say uh, Jack. I wish, I well, wish we could I'm edit worse. that out. No, no, no. I'm going to say Jack is probably worse than Kangaroo Jack. Jack is the Robin Williams has the aging disease.
1: <gasps> I know Jack. That yeah, I know. That. Francis
0: Ford fucking Coppola. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, and Jack is offensive. I mean, it is awful. You want to say Patch Adams is bad? No, Patch Adams is the godfather compared to Jack. Jack is just an abominable it, and, you know, it, it's a comedy but it's the humor is all over the place and it's not very good anyway but then it also has this like tragic thrust in it and it's just an, I, you would have to pay me in a lot of Kansas of seltzer
1: to rewatch Jack I don't think oh, I can I'm going to be putting that on my list J-A-C no I won't I won't, I won't do it I won't do it, it.
0: Um, so yeah so you know is Jennifer Lopez in that no, I think it's <gasps> Diane, it's Diane Lane is in it. I'm making shit up all over <laughs> the place. You know, somebody plays the teacher there's a teacher in
1: it who must be, hold <laughs> on you, you keep talking, Bill I'm gonna Cosby find is in Jack.
0: word. It's, uh, let's see it's Bill Cosby, Diane Lane You already oh looking at god, it? Oh my god, Jennifer Lopez is in that. Yes, Sorry. nailed it! Nailed it, you nailed, nailed, it. It. nailed it, Jennifer Lopez and Fran Drescher
1: Oh, well, I didn't okay. nail that.
0: But. She plays the teacher who. Yes, she
1: does on. play the teacher
0: Oh god, it's, it's just, a, it's it's awful. It is a terrible movie. And I mean, i one of the best
1: movies of it. our time.
0: I'm, I like terrible movies, but Jack is just painful, and I would never rewatch it. Um, but that being said, um, <laughs> Coppola also made, you know, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is one of those really flawed films, but really fun. Love it. Yeah. It's it's just fun to watch. It's ridiculous, but beautiful and everything else. Keanu Reeves is so good in that. Oh, my God. Why wasn't he nominated for an Oscar? (laughs) No justice in the world. Uh, But Peggy Sue got married. I saw as a kid, and it's one of those movies that was always on cable, so I'd seen bits of it a lot.
1: This is where you can tell Emily and I are the exact same age, because I saw this on TV constantly. It was always on.
0: It was always circulating. Um, my mom, I think, really likes this movie. There's just things about it that it's it's very 80s in a lot of ways, even though it's not set in the 80s. It's set in 1960, mm-hmm. but because it's the nature of the film, kind of being body uh, it came around, vice versa, and Back to the Future and everything, um, and it's so it's very charged with my childhood. I remember this is what I think of when I think of the 50s. I think most of it came from Peggy Sue Got Married and probably like Little Shop of Horrors. That's my understanding of the 50s um and i hadn't watched it in a really long time i did not certainly not as an adult so i was curious to revisit it and it was on instant watch uh so peggy sue got married christine tell me what this movie is about well
1: this movie is about peggy sue played by the wonderful kathleen turner who i adore as you I. um basically she's at a crossroads in her life she's recently separated maybe divorced i don't know
0: separating yeah
1: yeah, but from her, hu- from her husband, her high school sweetheart, Nicolas Cage. Uh, <laughs> Nicolas just gonna, Coppola Cage. I refuse to call him anything but Nicolas Cage. So, during this tumultuous time, she attends her high school reunion. What happens at her high school reunion? Lots of cool stuff. But she also passes out and finds herself back in high school. Mm-hmm. It's like a kind of a time travel movie. I mean, she's still her. And she has memories of her future self, but she essentially gets to relive her high school days. Yeah, <laughs> that—that is—that uh, is the summary of the movie. Oh, and I guess I guess then therein lies the um, what's that thing? Conflict. That thing. Mm-hmm. Where is do you do things the same, knowing how they turned out, good and bad, or do you do everything that you wish you had done? Yeah. Hmm.
0: It's, Big a very, questions. it's a gimmick of a movie. Yeah. Plain and simple. The gimmick is, yeah, you're back in your high school self and you know what happened, but everybody sees you as being a teenager. That's, you know, nuts on a question. Um, but yeah, and that is, I think just the theme of the movie is if you knew how it turned out, would you change things? And I, I love how the movie plays with that question. I think there's more that could have been done. I think... From what i can understand more was done and a lot was cut out
1: oh really and in, the,
0: in the very first scene when she's going to a reunion there's a girl in a wheelchair who reels over to her and says hi yes
1: and you don't know why she's in a wheelchair yeah, and you're kind
0: of wondering like oh is that something just because you know it's the kind of thing that makes you think and apparently like there was a deleted scene where yes this in the past she gets into an accident peggy sue tries to change it um so, but the, the thing that's really interesting about the movie is that you never, it's kind of spoiler alert, but not quite, you never really know if what happened was real or not, if she actually does go back in time, if it's yes. a dream, if it's not. There's one, there's one clue at the very end that makes you think it did happen,
1: but maybe not. You don't know. It's and not, it's not concrete enough right. for you to, yeah.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, the main thing is, you know, she has... Her her marriage to Nicolas Cage, who we'll get to, because that's a whole podcast in itself. Um, you know, they are, she's now been married to this, he, you know, they, she got pregnant at 18 and has been married for 25 years, I guess. And now that marriage has turned sour. And there's a, the great line, the line that I wrote down that I love, which is, um, you know, when one of her friends asks her, you know, well, what happened, you know, in your marriage? And she basically says, um, we started blaming each other for all the things we missed, which... I would assume anybody who marries our high school sweetheart must go through. Oh, absolutely. Because you know, when you get married when you're 18, 19, or you marry the man who you were in love with when you're 18 or 19, you can't help but wonder, what did you miss? What are the things that you would have done differently if you weren't immediately tied down to this person? And I think, I love how the movie kind of gets that relationship. The best thing about this movie is easily Kathleen Turner, I think. Oh, yeah, definitely. And she, Kathleen Turner's interesting because she was the it girl in the 80s in a way, but it's such an odd one because she has this, you know, that husky voice. And the thing I love about Kathleen Turner is she kind of can't play dumb. She, I, 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 I know exactly what you mean when you say there's that. There's some actresses like that. Like I think of like, um, Catherine Keener is another one to me who is, can, you can only cast her in so many parts because there's something about this woman that is innately smart and powerful and she will work so well in some parts, but can be miscast in others. But at the same time, is so watchable and fascinating. I think you put Kathleen Turner in anything, and you are interested by this woman. Even Baby Geniuses,
1: one of I Miles know. from Show Show's she, favorite Baby, movies. Baby Geniuses, I've never absolutely. Seen she's in Baby Geniuses. Baby Geniuses. Yes, you do. Adding that to the queue. I know, but like something like like um, I know it's a terrible example, but it's probably one of my favorite. Is um, Serial Mom. Oh, I love serial mom. Like, but like, like she just there's something. I, I feel like she is in like you said innately a certain way mm-hmm. that you can't and that doesn't that's not anything a slight against her ability right. to act. It's it's just like an aura. It's the movie of star quality. It's kind of almost more like the 40s 50s movie stars. Oh, absolutely. You
0: have like today, and it's it, it's kind of this weird line that a lot of um, actors toe of of kind of movie star or actor. You know, you have someone like Daniel Day-Lewis who can do anything, who's a chameleon. And then you have someone like um, Tom Cruise. the bad. But to, I mean, we'll take Tom Cruise, who is a movie star, who has charisma, who certain movies you see him in, and, and he really makes the movie. But, but like, you never forget movie. you're
1: watching Tom Cruise. Always, it's
0: always Tom Cruise. Yeah. And with Kathleen Turner, um, you think, and in the 80s, like when she, with um, all those movies with Michael Douglas, a Romance in the Stone and Jewel in the Nile, <laughs> which I love those movies. And they're, they're romantic comedies, which is not my genre. But those movies are great because her and Michael Douglas both have... There's something really great about watching them together. They're two interesting people. There's a sexiness about both of them, especially at that, in that era.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: it just makes... I mean, you, can, you could put other actresses in as Peggy Sue, but I love Kathleen Turner in it because there's... She has that world weariness about her,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when she's playing a sixteen year old the movie doesn't make her look sixteen. and it's funny because my my boyfriend just watched this movie, and he he had a problem with it because he felt that the problem was you you don't really know how she's ever feeling about it, that there's no um you know there, there's no narration or she never really gets to sit down and talk to someone and say. Like, whether or not she is 16 or she is, you know, 43. Because she, you know, she, I, but I, I disagreed because when I watched it, I'm like, no, you know what? As soon as there's a moment when her dad pulls up, it's like immediately after she's kind of realized she's in 1960 again, and he pulls up in a car and he's all excited to show it off, and she all of a sudden starts laughing because it's an Etzel, which is an infamously terrible car. Yes, and as soon as she kind of starts laughing at this moment, I think she becomes sixteen. And she's still aware of everything. She's still in her. She still knows where everything goes. But I think at that moment, she kind of turns into a teenager and kind of is able to sit back and be her parents. I think
1: she just wants to enjoy it.
0: Yeah, and I think she gets that moment, and that's the moment to me where it turns, where she suddenly you know what, I'm I'm here, this is
1: enjoyable, like, I'm going to try to get out of it, but also, oh my god, I have a math test, like. And, yes, like, because, and I think the, the perfect example of exactly what you're saying is her desire to go and see her grandparents.
0: Oh, yeah, which is a really touching moment. Which
1: makes me cry. Like, yeah, I, I'm, like, I have a different relationship with this movie, watching it as an adult, than I did Short. Constantly watching it as a child there are, there are themes and there's shit going on In here mm-hmm. that I did not realize That really hit me hard Like like definitely a, like You can't ever have that time back And what would it be like if you could mm-hmm. You know and you don't When you're just watching this at like 14 13 on TBS You don't think like that It's right. just like oh this movie's kind, kind of, kind of Body swapping yeah. nostalgia oh, movie Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: But yeah no I agree and I think because I, I love that question of um, of regret and going back. Because you think of, you know, anybody in their life, you think of this, like little things that you would have done differently and everything, but then you think, if I had done anything differently, even little things, I would mm-hmm. be in a different place one way or another.
1: Absolutely. I might
0: not have had have the job I have, or maybe I wouldn't have this person in my life. Just every little thing you've done has led you to this point. Mm-hmm. And so I do like... I think I, I get that depth too more watching it now where she has this really... The scenes with her grandparents are wonderful because she goes to visit her grandparents and it's she's able to tell them these things. And it's this, this really sweet and deep moment of her saying, well, you know, there are things about my life that I like and, you know, I don't know, do I do it again? And it's...
1: it's yeah, really- because her, her big thing is her kids too. Yeah. Like, if she it's- doesn't go through with what she had with Nicolas Cage, uh, AKA Charlie, his name's Charlie in the movie, but then she wouldn't have her children. Right. Which and I that's think is a big thing. Yeah. Like she, like she, uh, many times in the movie, she says she's enjoying herself, but she says, I miss my kids. I want to go home and see my kids. Yep.
0: One of her kids who was played by a young Helen Hunt,
1: which I did not realize was uh-huh. until I, I never remember that being the case. And so I was like, movie, this, is so is this movie has a couple of before they were famous people. In- um, It has some amazing people in it.
0: Well, you've got um, a young Jim Carrey.
1: Amazing, which I do remember from originally watching it. I thought it was strange that he was in it.
0: And he's very much, he is very
1: Jim Carrey in this. He
0: does, he plays a class clown.
1: But he's not annoying. Like no. he's very charming.
0: Yeah, no, he's he's perfectly cast. You have a young uh, Catherine Hicks, a. yes, a- 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 Andy's, a- a- Andy's mom, a- Andy's mom, or Seventh <laughs> Heaven, whatever you want to call her. Whatever, Andy's mom. Uh, you. Oh, and they're seen together. They're doing cocaine, which is just further proof that it's in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have a young Joan Allen. Yes. That Joan Allen was always middle-aged. She, isn't that so bizarre? It is so weird. This is she had to be in her like early 30s. No, yeah, no younger. Hold on. And she looks like she's forty-five in this movie the entire time. Um, She was thirty. She was thirty, and I mean, she she
1: looks forty-five as she still does now. I mean, she she does. She looks gorgeous now. she was just in um that Born movie, and she looks exactly the same.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's like because she's so bony, because she's a Mm -hmm. very bony, skinny woman that she's just always gonna look older. But then you reach a point where that older is younger. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, it could be me. So I I don't know. Uh, you have a young Kevin J.
1: O'Connor, who is <laughs> my I, favorite. My favorite character.
0: What I love about him because he oh he is a great character. He plays the beatnik, who you know Peggy Sue kind of had a crush on, and now going back in time, she, she's brave enough to go talk to him. Oh no, she's not brave
1: enough to go talk to him. Yeah, that's true. What what is she brave enough to do? And this is where I really relate to this movie. I'm like, did I write this movie? She got to go. She got to go back to high school, and bone the arty dude. And bone the arty dude. That's Good, right. for uh-huh.
0: Good for her. Good. But then you know, afterwards, she's she's. I love this. The next day, they go, they go on a date, and like he's got all these grand ideas about going to Utah and living with Utahns. And she's so carefree at that point of like, oh, no, you're going to do these things and you're going to write about it. And it's going to be great, but I'm not doing this with you. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's a it's nice to see that happen. It's nice to see her have that moment.
1: Which is where she balances perfectly right. that, because if you think of it, she's like a 40 something year old woman sleeping with a high school kid. Yeah. But in but it never feels like that because she embraces Mm-hmm. her place and then also is like no 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 you go do great things right, like, right. like I, we're I not this is not what we're is, doing. I'm okay yeah. with that
0: now um but i love that michael fitzsimmons is playing like the hot guy because <laughs> in every other movie he's always the little weird guy
1: yep and Steel magnolias and the money yeah. like he but he pulls it of off life. he's the he's the hot he guy does.
0: yeah it's weird but you are kind of like yeah in a turtleneck i would totally yep. want him in high school like talking about poetry right what all right, let's go. And you also have a young Barry Miller mm-hmm. uh, from *Sorry Night Fever and Fame. So, And he plays the nerdy, the nerd who... And another
1: wonderful character.
0: Uh, yeah. I, and that, that's something I really like about this movie, I think, watching it, is realizing almost all of... I mean, again, it's Kathleen Turner's movie. It's, it's Peggy Sue. But it has this really great community of characters within it where I don't necessarily remember everybody's name, but, and I mean, maybe part of it is that it was Joan Allen and it was Katherine Hicks, but all of the supporting characters are interesting and believable and have a thing and everybody works in this movie. Yeah. Which I really like. Um, we have, our, our now, okay, but there's one character that doesn't work for me. Uh, good God, Sophia Coppola, thank God you stopped acting. <laughs> Oh, she was so cute Aww. oh i loved her Sophia coppola pay, plays peggy sue's little sister oh so cute uh okay in the first scene are you see, the first scene where she has to talk to kathleen turner so yes. painful to me painful
1: oh i just chalked it up to awkward teenageness. uh i don't know okay I maybe i was on. reaching I remember her line reading, because
0: there's kind of this ongoing joke of um, everybody... I guess The Three Stooges was big in 1960, which is totally true, because my mom was just talking about going to see The Three Stooges in a theater when she was young. Um, so it was. And so there's this ongoing joke of everybody says, why I oughta" to, each other. Yeah. And I can remember... It, it's funny watching a movie that you watched a lot as a kid, because weird things stick out to you. Um it, to give an example, whenever I watch, think of Superman 3, I think of the bright yellow phone. <laughs> that, as a kid, like, I loved that phone. And with Peggy Sue, as soon as Sofia Coppola came on, I'm like, oh my god, I remember her saying, why I oughta, just like that, because that's the way she does that.
1: She does, she has a very stilted delivery. She,
0: yeah, she's not a good actress, and thank goodness she learned that eventually, and instead went behind the camera. Um, but so we have so- Sofia Coppola,
1: and do you want to talk about Nicolas Cage? I don't. I don't know. I. I thought he was real weird, but I didn't have a problem with the yeah, the I, way he played that character at all. I mean, he was fascinating. He was being Nicolas Cage, but like a different version of Nicolas Cage. I'm wondering if this is the
0: birth of Unhinged Cage,
1: maybe. Well, Unhinged, I'm, I'm actually yeah. bringing. <laughs> I'm actually bringing up his um, filmography. Fun fact: mm-hmm. He and Joan Allen appeared together in what other movie?
0: They were in Oh, I feel like I should know
1: um, this. Maybe the best movie of nineteen ninety-seven. Not Pleasantville. He wasn't in that. A face off, man. Oh
0: f- oh my god, how did I I'm gonna, get t- that? I'm gonna take your face off. Peach. I could eat a peach for hours.
1: <laughs> oh god, I hate that line. Don't ever say that. peach for hours. Don't ever say that to me again. Okay, Peggy I'm Peggy Sue-year-old C- Peggy, 45 Suga, year old peach. Peggy <laughs> Sue got married um, is one year before Raising Arizona. Which
0: is interesting, because I do feel like this kind of gave him that confidence to do Raising Arizona. Was this before or after Wild at Heart?
1: Uh, It's gotta be um, before, but I can't find one. Yeah, it's before.
0: Okay, because I I mean, this, you know, uh, Francois Coppola is Nicolas Cage's uncle, and so you do What? (laughs) What? But I just wonder, because clearly these are Nicolas Cage's choices. This is, Francis Ford Coppola did not tell him, you're going to talk like you're Pokey from Gumby. No, that is Nicolas Cage being like, (laughs) so I had an idea. The idea is, I'm Pokey from Gumby. And that's how Mm -hmm. I'm going to do my voice. But you just wonder, you know, because, I don't know, another actor would not have done that performance. No. And I don't (laughs) think that's a good or bad thing. I think this could have been, I think the movie would have been a lot less interesting with with another actor in that role. Not making those choices. But at the same time, I think some people could be turned off by it. And I think that his performance could ruin the movie for some people.
1: But it doesn't, doesn't focus movie. on him enough for that, I feel True. like, to really affect that much. He kind of floats in and out. Yeah. No, yeah. By no means is
0: he the main character. Yeah. So
1: don't let Nicolas Cage ruin this movie oh, for no, you. I would
0: agree. <laughs> I think I, it, it enhances the movie for me because it's just such an odd choice that you can't help but be like, okay, let's go with it. Um, and he, he does reel it in when needed. And in that, in the final scene, he is pulling back a little bit and he is not going as far as he is in earlier scenes because he needs to, he needs, this is not his scene. And, or if it is, it's his scene to be genuine and everything else. So it works for me, but I could see it hurting the movie for others. Mm -hmm. So now... Let's see. There's a lot of fun things in this movie about it being the 50s and all the jokes of time travel and inventing pantyhose and how, you know, everything, all which, the technology gets small. Which is my favorite. Get
1: yeah. It's my favorite part of this, especially because I'm not watching it in 1986, I'm watching it in t- 2012, sure. and it's it's like it's time traveling twice.
0: Ah, I like that.
1: Okay. It's it's kind of, I'm like, all right, yeah. The radio, know, But that radio thing is not true anymore, so right. it's extra funny. But
0: in the 80s, it was huge. Oh, yeah. So my mom always quotes in the line about math, because when Peggy Sue is taking algebra test, and the teacher is like, well, you're going to need algebra when you're an adult, and she's like, no, trust me, you don't. And it's like <laughs> just one of those things that my mom always likes to draw upon. Um, and the other thing i like, too, is this... Are, have you Are you familiar with the play Our Town?
1: Um, just, you know what, I'm going to really uh, show my age here and say only because of my so-called life. <laughs> <laughs> so if anybody else feels the same way...
0: Right, then there are generations.
1: Please r- reach out to me and, and tell me about it.
0: Yeah, this movie, Our Town, I love the play Our Town, and this movie has that feel to me of this kind of looking at the, your town and the, the people you grew up with and your family and your loved ones and with a different perspective. And cause there's a great, cause our town ends with this great line, which is like, they never know. Do they ever know how, how wonderful the world is? No, they don't. And I feel like this, this kind of has that sentiment of, you know, when you can go back and look at things, you realize some of like the, the things that you appreciate a little more. And so this, it's a really heartwarming movie in a lot of ways. Uh, like I definitely, I teared up a couple of times watching it. Yeah, I'm a crier in movies, though. I mean, I <laughs> this this might be the most embarrassing thing I'll ever say out loud. As much as I hate the movie Jack, I saw it in the theater when I guess I was like what 14 or so, and I hated the movie watching it. I'm like, this is a shitty movie, but fuck me, I'm crying.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I cried during Patch Adams. Yeah, it's, I cry in any movie. It doesn't have to be good, uh, but this movie I think is good, and I still cry. So that's fact. That. Um. <laughs> But yeah, uh, do you have any more to say? I'm kind of surprised this movie hasn't been remade.
1: Oh, don't say that. You just cursed it.
0: I know, but I feel like I could see somebody being just saying, "Let's do it." Only let's. But it would. It would. 1980s.
1: Yeah. Oh no. And it would be starring, Selena Gomez or something. (laughs) And she would go back in time. I don't even know. That doesn't. Kind of has the
0: husky Kathleen Turner voice. She could do it.
1: No, it's forty-five. If so. you said if you had said that to me like seven years ago, I'd be like, "Yes, Lindsay Lohan can do it," but I don't think she can anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this,
0: I mean, this was a movie that Francis Ford Coppola apparently came on. You think of the movies he made right before it, and he was having a rough uh, period of filmmaking. Uh, "Peggy Sue Got Married" came after, well, right after "Captain EO," the short at Disney World, um, hmm. but "The Cotton Club," which was an infamously very uh, difficult film. Rumblefish and Outsiders Which I'd never seen You know A couple of movies I think this movie Was kind of a A lighter project for him Mm -hmm. He he didn't write it He kind of came on After a couple of other directors were, Were there for it And I feel like He just wanted to make a movie And Made a kind of In a way Kind of standard movie With this big gimmick but he made it in a way that a
1: good filmmaker can make it and brought out the good things about it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. and I yeah, That's this, why I I would be afraid if it got remade. Yeah. Because yeah. The, the things that made it special think, and sweet and work would just maybe disappear. Yeah.
0: Well, I feel like somebody could redo the premise, but I don't want it to be Peggy Sue Got Married. Redo the premise of somebody going back in time after their high school reunion and thinking whether or not they should, you know, go that route. But yeah, this this I think is... it. A very special and unique movie for being kind of standard of its time, if that makes
1: mm-hmm. sense. Yes, I agree. Yeah.
0: Uh, so are we ready for to do our ratings?
1: Right, right away, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So in terms of uh, quality of the film, um, well,
0: you know, it's, it's, I think, like I said, I think it's very good, but I think it has some issues. But Kathleen Turner's really good. So I'm going to say a 7.25. All right. And how did it
1: improve your quality of life? Oh, improve
0: your quality of life. I'm going to say... I'm, I'm going to just go the same... I'm going to say an 8.25.
1: Wow. Okay, we're, we're pretty we're pretty spot on on this. Um, I'm going to give a solid 7 for the quality, okay. and I'm going to give an 8 for the quality of life. And I think that has a lot to do with nostalgia for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: If, I'd be curious. If you didn't kind of grow up with this film... Because, you know, it's funny. is. I think a lot of different generations would come to this film differently because you and I grew up knowing, having this film kind of on in the background and being familiar kind of with the 80s aspect. I think for people of the 60s, the 50s and 60s generation are going to kind of enjoy it for that aspect of that nostalgia. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, So I'd be curious for, you know, even like how a younger person might look at this movie. One of those youngins.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, you know,
0: definitely a recommendation from both of us. Also on Instant Watch. Yep. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Instant, we decided we would, um, in our format, we would like to always end with an Instant Watch recommendation for you.
1: Yes. people. But this is also, it could be not so timely, because what if it goes off? Guys, watch these right oh, away. Oh,
0: shit. I didn't think about
1: that. <laughs> oh yeah. Watch these immediately. Right, what so is your Netflix recommendation? The last
0: time I checked, it was still on Netflix because I only watched it like two weeks ago. Uh, it being October, it being Halloween, um, I figure let's go with a you know a good traditional horror film. And this one, I, I could try to pretend it connects to Peggy Sue Got Married somehow. It doesn't, except for it has um, an old Vincent Price and a young Vincent Price. So that kind hmm. of makes it connecting. Not really, sort of. That does, that yep, connects a lot. Of,
1: sort. Uh, it would be Madhouse. Oh, yes. I have not seen it. I've seen the cover on InstaWatch. It's really
0: fun. It's on InstaWatch. It's a good old kind of hammer-ish film, but, but, Mm -hmm. you know, post that, and it has a lot of fun with Vincent Price being Vincent Price.
1: Hmm. Good for the October viewing, if you ask me. Oh, well, good. I'll take that recommendation. And
0: what is your recommendation?
1: Um, My recommendation comes with a little um, aside. My recommendation is... 2011's Lovely Molly. Oh, Um, okay. I agree with this. I will say that while it is not wonderful and I know a lot of people probably won't like it, Mm -hmm. I enjoyed it and I think it's worth giving a look. Um,
0: It is It's a movie that can get to you afterwards, too.
1: Yes. I think it was very bold, and I think it made some very interesting choices. And if you do not approach it as a standard horror film, which I started to, and then I got a little disappointed, don't approach it that way. I think you'll have a good time with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I would agree with that recommendation. That's, and again, a good uh, October viewing for you. Yes.
1: I was trying to think ahead. Yeah,
0: You're smart, like.
1: (laughs) I'm smart.
0: So we will be back in probably two weeks or so, hopefully, once mm-hmm. Emily figures out how to do stuff. Um, we don't know what we'll be watching just yet. We, I have an idea of what I want our next show to be. Should we
1: say it yet or should we wait? Um, no, go for it. Say it.
0: Well, this was another one we decided on. You had picked um, a, a movie that I know was very dear to you. Uh-huh. Do you remember which one it was? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's, it's the one. It's, it's the,
1: the not Hitchcock one, but kind of Hitchcocky one. Wait, Which one? Oh, body double! Yeah, yeah. yeah, this I'm so excited. I've never been able to talk about Brian De Palma on a podcast before. <laughs> My pick this is, is Body Double.
0: <laughs> Which I have not, I have never seen. Um, I did recently watch Rear Window as kind of a a preface pref, preface to it because I had never seen Rear Window. Um, so, but I decided now, knowing not much about Body Double, I kind of went off the premise of Obsession, and the movie I will be pairing it with uh, is 19 Sixty, i thinks uh it is a film from william wyler based on a novel by john fowles and the movie is the collector
1: mm. see and
0: this confused with mm-hmm. the torture porn collector
1: this is why this is going to work out so well because we're both going to keep picking things the other one has never seen yep that's probably a <laughs> plan for a while so, you, Very fun. We're, we're going
0: classy next next time not not next week next time
1: next time uh,
0: yeah if you want to prepare for that in the meantime um you know how people can reach us, because I don't.
1: Um, I do know how people can reach us. We have an email, and it is nothing special. It is thefemininecritique at yahoo.com. I chose to go with Yahoo. I think it's pretty classic. Um, and our Twitter, which has nothing on it as of yet, but I'll try to rectify that before <laughs> anybody hears that, this, huh? is um, thefemininecritique. So, twitter.com backslash thefemininecritique.
0: Fancy, fancy. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, we might, ev- well, we'll do a Facebook page eventually, maybe. Oh, yeah, we should probably we should do that sometime. Page. It will probably be called the Feminine Critique. Yeah. But, you know, who knows what could happen before then. Um, okay, but that's how to reach us. Thanks for listening,
1: if you're still here. Yeah, hopefully.
0: Um, please bear with us as I try to figure out what editing actually means.
1: <laughs> oh, and if you want to talk to us in the meantime, um, I know you can find me on Twitter, at Paracinema. That's
0: true. You can find me at Twitter, <laughs>
1: at Deadly Dolls. So and that's where, where we people usually find hang out. Paracinema.
0: If they want to read about the conversation, where would they go?
1: Um, they can go to www.paracinema.net. Okay, and, you and can
0: they can order f- the next issue. Or the yeah, issue? well, they can
1: order issue 17, which is um, Frankenstein is on the cover. It's the classic horror issue. Yeah.
0: Um, if they want to find me, and actually, I will have a review of Lovely Molly coming up soon. Woo! Uh, you can find that at deadlydollshouse.com.
1: Yay! Yes. Thanks for listening. Later.